Welcome into episode 66 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Christian is fresh off of an airplane. So I am so tired. This no is going to be a high energy podcast for me. I uh, It's been a day. Um, yeah. you, do you, one of my favorite things is like when you're like on an air, when you're, when you're going to get on an airplane to like go from a location to another, in this case, me trying to get home. And then the day of the flight, the airline is like, we underestimated or we overestimated when your flight would be here by like nine hours. And, uh, so that's cool. But thanks to some maneuvering, not on my part, but you know, uh, different flight got back. But basically, I am on very little sleep and I've been on the plane a lot today. So this is going to be like, you guys have never seen Christian like this before. Like, I am like so engaged and so ready to talk. <laughs> on that on that topic, though, like I when I went to D.C. in November, the day that I was supposed to be coming back, my friend and I were at uh, the zoo and enjoying our day at the zoo. Our last little stop before we went, took the metro back to the airport and fly to fly back to Orlando. Um, while we're sitting there at the zoo, we get a notification that our flight has been delayed by I, mostly multiple hours. And we were, instead of getting back to Orlando around like, it was like 1030 or so, we were supposed to get back like after like one and we had someone coming to pick us up and I was like, well, this is a problem. And yeah, we maneuvered, found another flight, got it figured out, but that was just a stressful few minutes. I don't you, like, I don't you know, enjoy that part of traveling. Well, here's the, okay. So like I could, I, let's just open up the whole thing on me. I also like, I'm one of those people, like, like I love to travel and I travel all the time. If you guys haven't noticed from this podcast, when I like throw in a stupid humble brag on what vacation I'm coming back on, like every like four episodes, it seems like, but like, I'm one of those people that like, I'm every time I get on an airplane, I'm like, this could crash and just have that in the back of my head, the whole flight and just hate it. So like, I remember that from flying to Louisville with you. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's flying with me as an experience. I'm not one of those people that's like freaking out and asking the flight attendant for last rights and stuff like that. But I'm like, I'll just like <laughs> the second like turbulent starts, I just grip the seat. And I'm like, I, I'm just going to have to look straight ahead and hold back tears for the next five minutes as the plane like lightly bumps through the sky. So and the few times I've been in like serious turbulence in my life, I've been like, you know, like just prepared for the end and and at, and like at least once during the flight i'm like i man i just wanted to make it to ucs football season i can't believe i'm not gonna be there for yeah. that but you know <laughs> what can you well, do well it's good i'm glad you've arrived safely in orlando i'm drinking coffee right now so hopefully within uh 20 to 25 minutes of this into this podcast i'll sound like a human being again so <laughs> you've, arrived hope, safely, you've arrived safely in orlando and uh coach abe has departed orlando safely and landed in Athens she's the new head women's basketball coach at the University of Georgia that's what we're here to talk about today because a great plane related transition by the way you nailed it wasn't it wasn't something I thought of like until maybe 20 seconds ago so can I give a really really specific tv show reference on how I feel like I sound right now sure all right I'm gonna do it and you got and like sorry listeners if like you don't watch show if you ever watch friends I feel like me currently is like season whatever with monica's boyfriend fun bobby when they realize he's only fun because he was drunk and when he's not he's just like rambling and quiet and no one likes him i feel like that's the impression i've given off so far so i'll try to keep the energy level up guys but i'm at least like (laughs) no matter what what state you're in if people already don't like you so this is true you have that and boy are they not going to like me by the end of this podcast but you know that's the other fun thing here so yeah go ahead so yeah we got coach abe left so we've talked, I don't know how many times on this podcast about how great of a coach coach Abe is and how much she's done for UCS women's basketball program. 
took it from basically being a dying program to a perennial contender cover NCAA tournaments conference champions this year the first ever NCAA tournament win and off the back of that she's off to Georgia and it's a it's a tremendous it's a tremendous loss for UCF um in general um and I mean the situation leading up to it is what we're kind of going to talk about and the kind of that the what's the the word the falling out and all that stuff um that's not the word whatever the the aftermath everything everything the fallout from it. fallout you were fine yeah fallout okay. you threw an okay. ing in there that didn't need to be there but yeah because falling out is like falling out is like when two sides like have an issue which i guess oh maybe that is some reports are believed to believe be believed um no so yeah, haven't you listened to ucf's fans on twitter everything is like beautiful and perfect and ucf athletics can and never has done anything wrong i don't know yeah so that. why don't why don't i throw it to you to kind of give uh, the understanding as we have it of what went down leading up to coach Abe's departure and the fact that UCF is now searching for a new head coach. Yeah. Let me see how well I can do this without like losing our entire audience for good. I, 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 if anyone is like listening to the Pegasus podcast for like the first time, and this is the episode you picked, like guys, that was a mistake. Like I would just go listen to last <laughs> week's and we'll see how this one goes, but okay. So coach Abe left. Um, it's one of those things that like, is surprising and isn't surprising. I'll totally admit that I kind of fooled myself into thinking it wasn't going to happen. I felt pretty confident going into, that, into this offseason. The reason being that this was not like, guys, I don't know why some of you were thinking this was not like Georgia was not the first school, even high level school, that was interested in Abe since she became UCF's head coach. She's been here for six years. I mean, literally, like within year two, when she had turned this program around completely, taken, I, I like her. This is such a uniquely like, impressive resume she has because it's not like she even took over a program that had been down for a year she took over a program that had had close to no success ever and was coming off a stretch of being horrific and never didn't make some kind of postseason tournament so all through the last six years there have been opportunities and my thinking even before the season started even was UCF is the best they've ever been she's been here five years now she's had other opportunities and now UCF is going to the big 12 I really don't see why she would now leave. I don't see what factor would have changed now. And here we are. And she left. And I, I don't know. I, like, no one knows, like, the full story. And it's like, and I don't want, I don't think, like, UCF athletics should be villainized or anything for, like, not keeping her. Because it does sound like they tried very hard to keep her. And this is the next part I want to get into, which is the word on the street. And by the street, I mean, you know, reported by the Orlando Sentinel and Jason Beatty is that oh no no brandon Heller reported this sorry but no i think jason b did too okay both of them i think both, both of them, them we've got stuff from both of them really <laughs> reported that she was offered a top 15 salary in college women's basketball we're just not sure exactly what that dollar figure was it sounds like it was in the nine hundred thousand to one million per year range which she currently made just before this season got a raise to half a million so basically doubling her salary and putting her in like the upper echelon Echelon is that you say that word? Who cares? Echelon, I'm, yeah. I'm tired. Whatever, guys. And <laughs> of college uh, women's basketball salaries. So and they were going to increase her her assistant pool, weren't they? Yes. And yeah. yeah, and that's the much bigger thing to me because Abe's had her assistants together for a long time, and that to me was a bigger factor. Was I was like, she wants to get these people paid, as you do. And when that information came out, I felt confident that um, UCF was going to keep her because I thought that that was almost certainly more than Georgia would be willing to pay her. We don't, I don't think we know what Georgia's paying her yet. I would be surprised if we it's know, much more. We do that. know how much Georgia's paying UCF though. We do 1.4 million. I think that's right. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost one and a half. All right. 
with the lazy river but anyway we'll get to that conversation later but so what was reported by brandon and matches up with other stuff so i'm just gonna say that it sounds like the way ucf gave this offer was not awesome and that was that the offer was made to abe with more or less an ultimatum attached to it that the offer had to be accepted in that moment and that the offer was void if she took any steps further to explore other jobs which I am not an athletic director, but as far as I've known my whole life, that's not really the way these things usually go. And it makes me wonder, and now this is just me spitballing, so don't take this as like facts or reporting because we've left the fact realm now and now we're just discussing. That almost to me signals that this was an offer meant to be turned down because I was very surprised that UCF was willing to put that much money towards her. It didn't match up with UCF just begging the fan base for money five days ago. And attaching this tag of like, and it has to be now almost made it seem like this was a situation where UCF wanted to be able to say, look, we offered her this, but without actually having to commit and pay that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you told me that, uh, or you, you came to me with that theory, I think it was on Saturday when we were kind of talking about it. And I was like that, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it really sounds very plausible. Um, I just don't think like there was any way, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think there was any way that they could have seen that working like i it seems like if you're really trying to retain and keep her here at ucf you say hey here's the offer and think about it. like you have to at least get get her a choice if you're not going to be if you're going to say take it now or, or take it never then you're you're pushing her away and that, that's, you that's, are you absolutely there's are. no chance you're there's probably i would say there's a zero chance that you're going to get what you want out of that situation and there's definitely more than a zero chance that you could say, hey, here's the offer. If you want to go listen to what they have to say, go listen to it, but consider this offer. And it was, it's, I mean, from everything we've under, we've understood, it was a strong offer. And so she probably had a lot to think about until they said, well, you have to take it now or, ne or never. Then and she had nothing to think about. Then it was like, all right, I'll see you. And I would recommend and go read Brendan Helwig's full article because there was a lot of interesting stuff and they were kind of a, a little more of the backstory that led to this i don't want to like just repeat that on the air because a we i don't like repeating things that like we haven't heard in some sense and like especially if it's like behind a paywall so like you know whatever but that it's some interesting stuff in there for sure but that was the biggest thing to me was like even like if you do i mean i, I would encourage you as a listener like think about that in your like day-to-day -day job even like if you had a job right and like you're thinking about leaving for another job and they offer you a big salary increase and are like but you have to tell us now and if you fill out an application for their job, we're taking this away. Like you're going to be like, screw you. And then you're going to go yeah. to the other job. So I don't know. I could be totally off base. Maybe that's just the way that Mahajer has done business before and it's worked for him in the past. I mean, we don't know. But that to me just really did not signal wanting to keep her. I don't know. And, and I know that sounds stupid, but like when you are UCF and there is a better program that is offering your coach, you are usually you usually defer to the coach of here's our offer. We would love to keep you like, please consider here's our plan. Not like here's your salary. Look how big it is. Like dangle it in front of you. Be like, but, and then pull back. You need to sign now or it's gone. That, that, yeah, I mean, if, that didn't make sense to me. If you're UCF, you're already in an uphill battle considering Georgia's in the sec. She, she had experience. She played at Georgia. You know, there's that tie too. Like you're already facing an uphill battle. So you're going to probably want to play nice or nicer and be like, hey, here's this offer. It's a great offer. And keep it in the back of your mind. This place has been good to you. You know, you've had a lot of success here. We're going to the Big 12, all this stuff. But 
it's just not the way they handled it. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And to be clear, I don't want to like give the impression that that's like, Oh, and that's why Abe left. Like, I don't know if UCF was going to be able to keep her. I really don't. And that, that also just kind of hurts. I just think it meant it gave them, it gave them no chance of keeping her at all. That's kind of what I think. Like, I think if you, like, if you've gone into that, like I, when she went, so uh, presumably that came before she flew to Athens. So at that point, when we knew Georgia was very interested in her, I, in my mind, put it a coin flip. And I think that like that offer and the way it was presented probably would have taken it from coin flip to like, see you later, you know? Yeah. So it's not like, like, like there's like UCF could have done everything right. And she still would have left. I think there's a good chance that's because at the end of the day, it's Georgia. And I do think that another thing that played a role or I'm sure somewhere in her, which I don't want to speak for coach. We don't know, but I do think that, you know, this women's basketball team, UCF women's basketball team, I said on the past podcast, I don't think they're going to have a better team than this. I think that I like in the near future, I think this was their ceiling. It was the COVID year and bringing back so many starters. And when you add that with, they had their best team ever, they basically stopped losing in like late January and didn't make the AP top 25 until the very end of the season were seated horribly and ended up having to face UConn in the round of 32. Like I almost wonder if part of her was just like six years of hard work, the most talented team I'm going to have for years to come. And it got me one NCAA tournament win and well, 20 and number 25 spot in a poll. That's a good point too, because she was speaking in the post-game press conference after that loss to UConn. And it seemed like that was like one of her big, like gripes and her big takeaways was the fact that they got sent to UConn and they got sent to, you know, to that region and were set up with that kind of matchup. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, all the politics or whatever plays into seating and plays into, you know, sending teams where, and maybe she, maybe in, a, in the back of her mind, she was thinking, you know, at UCF, you're not going to get that, you know, you're not generally not going to get that kind of respect. Whereas maybe somewhere like Georgia and the SEC, you know, they'll get a little bit more benefit of the doubt with, with stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, like, like we said, we're kind of just spitballing here and we don't know from her, but I also want to say one more thing can, on that real quick too. And yeah. part of the exposure thing too, is like just full disclosure, in my opinion, you guys can call me on 10 years. Like, I think coach Abe is going to go down as one of the best women's basketball coaches of all time. I truly believe that I, when you look at her track record, not just what she's done here, but all her stops, she, I, I mean, I like her trajectory. And that's why I was so stressed about the idea of her leaving. Cause I think her trajectory is truly one of the greatest coaches of that sport. And part of me is almost like, and I'm sure she's not thinking this way, but man, George is a way better place to get some notability, notability and uh, credibility safe for when Oriama retires in a couple of years or something like that, because I think that she can shoot a lot higher than even Georgia eventually. So like I said, I don't think that's something that Abe's like plotting out in her head, but it's like, that's a, you know, it's a lot easier to get noticed in the SEC, especially if they're snatching wins against like Tennessee every now and then, than at UCF where even in the big 12, it'll be better, but it's still not, you know, like the big 12 is a great men's basketball conference. It's not quite up there for women's. And I think it may just be, this was the next step in her career. There are, I mean, there are some programs with, within the women's basketball. Like I know Baylor, obviously. Is a big oh, it's much player. better, but it's not like, yeah. like, cause I've seen some fans kind of like colloquially throwing around, like we're going to be in the best. It's like that it's women's basketball. It's still a good, it's a good league, but it's not like what it is in that. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, there's obviously all of these factors that went into it. And like you said, like, I don't know if there was a way that they were going to keep her regardless, but just the way it seemed like it was handled was a little weird. And then you want to talk about the statement that Terry Mahajer put out. And I think that's where a lot of people had like, I don't know, it was weird. Like the sentiment felt like at first they were like, that was like, that's it. That's all he said. And then it came back around to where like he ended up defending like what he said, like in a response to a fan or something like that. And everyone's like, oh yeah, see like Terry, like obviously he's thankful for her. Like, I don't know. See, everybody seemed to be swinging back to Terry's side on this. This but is just, the, the statement itself was very weird. 
this was the area that I was afraid to talk about. And I'm going to like, we'll see how this goes. Maybe I'll just end up cutting what we say here. Hey, hey, hey audience, if you're listening to this, it's because I didn't screw up. But um, I found it very, very weird and frankly, a little disappointed in the fans that all it took was Mahajer saying, no, no, we like her for fans to be like, wow, I can't believe like these trolls and idiots would ever, you know, like say that that statement was a shot. That statement was a shot. That's what that was. And our shots, not even the right word. Cause I know some people are like taking a shot. It, that statement was no matter what you want to convince yourself based on what Mahajer tweeted leader or tweeted later, excuse me, that was like kind of a passive aggressive jab. I, and okay. I, and I've looked back at, I went and I even tweeted something. I looked back at every single statement from the last few years that UCF has released on a departing coach, both for good and bad reasons. The coach is always thanked. There's always a quote about their progress. There's never been any kind of, we're looking for someone who is 100% committed to the program. So if you guys want to do that, and this is where I like to lose our audience, this thing where you just like are so convinced that UCF can do no wrong, that like you have to convince yourself in your mind that there's no way that UCF could have like word, maybe just worded a statement better. That's what bothers me. It, it bothers me. Like, I just, I don't like, I don't love the blind loyalty fans who just will defend UCF to the grave. UCF has made huge mistakes before, you know, like, and we're all guilty of like Danny White. It's the same thing you guys do with Danny White. His scheduling policy was stupid and still can cost them so badly. And it's still a whole Mahadur's trying to climb out of. But at the time, you guys were like, this is the best thing in the world. And we love Danny White for making an amazing. It's like, it's like, you guys just got to stop like refusing to, but like, I get that's what fans are, but it's just like, it's, and plus it was such a small thing. Like at the end of the day, whatever, it was a departing coach statement, but I just felt so weird to me how fans were just like viciously determined that that could not be perceived as the way it was clearly meant to be perceived. Yeah. I mean, there's no way of reading that and not understanding that it's a very much implied that, oh yeah, we're going to be looking for a coach that's 100% committed. That obviously implies that their departing coach, Coach Abe, was not 100% committed, which is not even the case, obviously. I mean, what she built at UCF was insane. And this is an opportunity that she felt was right for her. Like that, That's the thing is where like it cost him nothing. It gained him nothing saying something like that. And I understand maybe like you're trying to give everybody like a little bit of I don't know, a little bit of like something to cling on to. Like, oh yeah, like we want to keep building to the future because you want to build off of what Coach Abe did. And it's going to be very hard for whoever steps into her shoes. But it's just, it felt really weird. Like it, it would have cost him nothing. She's like, we thank her so much for all of her, like all, of, all she's done for the program, like wish her best in the future, all this stuff. It just was a weird way for it to like, to wrap it up. And I know like he, his, his response on Twitter to the, to the one person I think was said something about, like, oh, yeah, obviously, like, we're thankful for her. Like, why not include that part in the That's the thing. Statement? When he, he tweeted that, I'm just reading his tweet, and I'm like, this tweet, that should have been your statement. Like, yeah, where like was that, that your statement? statement? I looked it up and tweeted, even when Frost left, the first part of the statement on Frost leaving is Danny White saying, we are so, so grateful to Scott for everything he built here. But, like, that's, like, like I said, it's such a small thing that doesn't matter one way or the other. But, like, it was a couple things from that. One, for you who think, oh, that wasn't the intent at all. Like I said, A, really strange she wasn't thanked at all. B, UCF knew she was leaving. They, uh, they reportedly gave her an offer and told her that the offer was void essentially if she went to Georgia. She flew to Georgia. So why did it take UCF more than 12 hours after she'd accepted the job to drop a statement? Right. Use some critical thinking, guys, because they were trying to figure out what to say. And you're not trying to figure out what to say if you're just going to say, thank you, we're going to start a search. So that's clearly what the intent was. And like I said, it does, like, I'm just, I'm not even like, to me, it's mainly just the fan base reaction of like the vicious denial that that's what that was. I just, that's the part I can't get around. 
from UCS perspective, it's like, I think the statement was a mistake, but whatever, you move on. That's I don't think thing. anyone's it's, losing it's sleep over it. It's not a thing one way or the other. I just think it kind of, it, it could have been handled better. And that's the thing is like, it's not a huge thing one way or the other where you're going to be like making definitive statements or definitive opinions based off of it. But it's just like a little bit where you're kind of like, like, dude, come on. Like, why, why are you, why did you handle it that way? Why? Like, I don't know. It puts a little bit, it, it could have been handled so much better. And if it would have been handled, it would have been a non-story, obviously. Like and if, the they thing, if they would have been, I cannot no... believe the statement was a story like at all. Yeah. Like that. And like, and for the fans being like, They're that's not, not what it be. was. The fact that you're having to that aggressively say it kind of proves that the statement could have been worded better. Yeah. And they're the not other, like, the other, departing coach statements. They're never like, they're never supposed to be so they're, they're usually supposed to be cookie cutter, like basic, like, Oh, thank you. Like it's, it's basically something you forget about instantly. You're like, all right, who's the coach going to be. Then it became a whole day, day and a half long thing where it was like, what, what happened here? Why are we still talking about this? Well, because it was just, it was strange. It was strangely handled. And then again, like, it's not, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but the fact that it's become like as big of a topic as it is, is why we have to talk about it. That's kind of where I'm at. Is like, I don't think the statement itself was a big deal. Like when I read it for the first time and I tweet, I tweeted about it. like, this was like, you know, I'm like, I didn't love that statement. That was kind of it. And then yeah. it was when it turned into like this whole fan fight of like, how dare people twist words. It's like, I, I just that's my favorite thing is like when people just don't want to accept what something means and now it's twisting words like it's like I, I'm sorry guys but that was a very unusual statement and that's why it first became a topic to the point that you had to feel the need to defend it the other thing I want to touch on is a lot of fans which like you know I just love you guys but like I think I think it's safe to say that um this weekend is like the most upset I've ever been with UCF's fans um for a couple different reasons maybe we can get into that and um one is a small group of fans that I want to yell at. And it's like the fans that I don't think you, it's, it's the fans that like are really mad at Abe for leaving and like tweeting stuff like, oh, here we go. Like Frost 2.0 and all this BS that makes no sense. It's like, guys, th- this has nothing. This is nothing like the Frost situation. It's nothing like hypo. She was here for six years. Do you know how crazy long that is of a coaching tenure in today's world? And she brought them like not most of all of their modern success came through her for six years. She poured everything into the program and took them from this lifeless team that no one had any reason to care about and turned them into one of the most successful and consistently great programs on campus. So if we guys are throw a fit that she's leaving, it's just like, you know, shame on you, honestly. I don't know what else to say. Simple, quick math will tell you, like, look at her. She's been here six years. She, she spent all this time building it up. It's not like she jumped at the first opportunity that she could get out of here. Like, and I know it was a different situation with Frost and being Nebraska, all that stuff, but he was one successful season in and he was like, all right, I'm listening to these other offers. I'm getting out of here. And, you know, I'm not even going to blame him for that. Whatever. Do it. That's do the thing. It's like Abe, there have been power five teams that would have loved to hire Abe for five years now. Yeah. And Frost, it was like the, and listen, we can paint whatever alumni story we want. We know Frost interviewed with Florida too. It's like Frost was like the second, the second UCF wasn't 0 and 12 again. He was like, hello, power five team. Josh Heupel came in and the team got worse and worse by year. And then he bolted to avoid the hot seat. Like to compare those situations to coach Abe's just offensive. And she tried so hard to get this team rolling and not just on the court. She tried so hard to get fans to care about this team so hard to get them to the arena. And you know what? It took their best season in history. And it was like the third to last game. You guys finally noticed we have a women's basketball team. And I think that played a role too. And I'm not telling you that to be a UCF fan, you have to be at the women's basketball games. You have to whatever. But I can tell you that the people who are comparing her to Frost sure as shit weren't at any games in the last six years. 
So that's, you know, so I'm just, I'm kind of sick of that chunk of the fan base at this point. That's just like, A, thinks UCF is Ohio State, and B, wants to villainize anyone whose life ambition is not to spend 40 years at UCF. That's the thing, too, is it's just generally, generally, I don't know. I, I think generally UCF fans are, I don't know, at least it's hard to judge a whole fan base. But like, when you look on Twitter, like a lot of, I'd say there's a lot of UCF fans that take an interest in, in sports that aren't football. And you know, to those people, thank you. It's like, I, I like, I like when, when people can pay attention to more than just football, especially when it's not football season. Like there's, there's all these student athletes, players, whatever you want to call them, coaches, everyone working super hard under the UCF logo, you know, doing things for UCF, representing UCF. And some people just don't even pay them any attention until, until things go wrong. Really. I mean, look at, look at men's basketball. I mean, how many people show up to men's basketball games? And then as soon as like, it's, it's, they don't care until they're not playing well, then it's out fire the coach. It's like, it, we've had this conversation before. It's just people don't care enough. And then when something happens, then they try to act like they've been interested in all along. Whether exactly it's good right. or bad. Exactly right. And that, and that's kind of what it gets at. It's like, it's been, and, and, and that's kind of what I want to get on the next thing. And I feel kind of comfortable saying this on this podcast because I feel like, and I know there are exceptions to this rule, but if you're like enough of a UCF fan that you are like listening to this podcast and taking an hour out of your week week each week to listen to us you probably care more about just exclusively how's the football team so that's, that's why that's, I feel comfortable that's important that's an important here. thing to say because it, generally I would say the people who yeah, our listener base are I would say similar to us in terms of you know we pay attention to everything and I know that's not always the norm but it's, I, you know, I think our listener base, like, we're not yelling at you in particular person who's listening to this. It's just, a I'm, not yelling at, about... I'm not yelling at 99% of the fan base because most of the fan base has been really gracious, really grateful to Abe. I've just right. been so frustrated with the, the, I don't even know what to call them. Like we need a term for like, I, like, like the, the definition in the def, in the dictionary would be like a UCF fan who only cares about football, but pretends to care about the other sports exclusively for the reason of being angry about them. Like that's like the, the I, don't, I need a word for that, but those are the fans I'm talking about right now. Just when I see these Abe takes, it's just like not committed to UCF. It's like, you know, it's like, this is a, it's a job guys. It's not someone like it, it, I, you are a UCF fan. They are not, this is a job. And I, and none of you would be like staying at a job in real life and to, and then to just be like, you know, you have a better offer or one's closer to home or you have previous work experience and you're leaving and your current job is like, well, we thought you were committed and that you would stay here until you were 80. Like, it's like, that's just not the way the world works. And like, I am so grateful to Abe for her time at UCF because it, it was so fun. And I don't know what comes next. I feel we can talk about that a little bit, but I, I, I just, I'm so grateful for her time here. And like I said, 90% of UCF fans were great about this and thanked her. She had a really, really sweet message she posted to UCF fans on Twitter. But those of you who are just like trying to turn it into like a Scott Frost thing and like, it, 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 I just, it was really pissing me off. And I just didn't really get where that, like, I didn't expect that. And it was pretty upsetting, frankly, just how some fans, that was their takeaway. What's the term? I don't know if it's like a literary thing or whatever it is for in TV. Like, it's just a scorned lover or a scorn, like, hey, you feel like you've yeah. been done wrong just for, you know, just for the, the sake of feeling sorry for yourself or for, like, you know, it's it's what happened. Like, it, this is how college athletics works. Like, this is the business. It's not just, you know, if, if every coach, if every coach had, you know, obviously when they're in the position they're in, they're going to have passion for the university. They're going to do their best. They're going to do all that. But then at the same time, like, they don't have the same relationship with UCF. Like you said, it's their job. They don't have the same relationship with UCF that you do as an alum or as a fan or anyone you know, connected to the university. It's not the same thing. And to, to suddenly be like, oh, well, she doesn't, she didn't care. Like she just doesn't love UCF. Like it, it's, 
that's not even true. I, I, I still of, true. I still believe that Scott Frost loves you, loved it at UCF and loves UCF. I still believe that. So this like is the next thing I want to say, which is like, yeah. now we're just waiting into like, so unpopular, like, let's, you know, let's see if we still have a podcast after this. I don't fault Scott Frost for leaving. And I don't really have ill will towards Scott Frost. We've all poked fun at like the, the troubles he's had in Nebraska, but like, I like, I, I want him to do better. I, I like Scott Frost. I do. I, I like Scott Frost. A lot of it was the inherent advantages of UCF, but he took over an 0 and 12 team. And within two years gave them their best season in history, a season that completely warped the expectations of this program forever. And you guys can listen to whatever people like pretend to be in the know or fans that claim to know it. That was an agonizing decision for Frost and it was not easy for him to leave. So I don't even fault Scott Frost. And, and like, I, I just, look I don't at the know. Way he handled, look at the way he handled the Peach Bowl. He was flying back and forth from Nebraska to Florida constantly for a month trying to get the team prepared and they go out and they win the game. Like, yeah, and co- people, no other coach does that. People don't talk about that at all. They're just like, oh, he destroyed recruiting data or whatever, be it like whatever that took his heard, whole staff with him, whatever. You, you know, hold that. That's the, everyone's favorite line is like, he got rid of the recruiting data. It's like, well, okay, you know what? That's just kind of the business. But anyway. And like, okay, look at Memphis in 2019. Norvell got him to the Cotton Bowl and was like, and good luck there and was gone. I mean, <laughs> that's fun. that's the way that works. The fact that Frost was the head coach of two schools for a month, basically, which I'm sure was grueling as hell and came back to help UC. There was no reason for him to come back. Yeah. And that's not a thing that happens. Like the only time that's ever happened before was Urban Meyer coached Utah in the Sugar Bowl before going to Florida back in the early 2000s. And that's it. Every other time that's happened. Mike, uh, uh, not Mike, excuse me, Brian Kelly left you know, Notre Dame, they're, 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 they're literally on the cusp of potential playoff that they think they still might be in. And he's like, go Tigers in a very strange Southern <laughs> accent. I'll see you later. But, oh, we don't like Scott Frost because he took his whole staff or, oh, they took recruiting data, which is like, yeah, because it was their recruiting data. I've still never understood they why compiled that, it. <laughs> that was, that, that's, that's the work a they huge did. scandal to a lot of fans is they destroyed recruiting data. It's like, okay, you know what? I don't think that's why Josh Heupel couldn't recruit at UCF because Frost destroyed data. I think it was because you think Josh Heupel, he would have looked at that and been like, Florida? What about all the guys in Kansas? Well, <laughs> Heupel didn't recruit Florida that well because he couldn't find any of the players' names that were all around the entire state. He's like, well, I guess I can't do Florida. I better just go out to Arizona, which it's funny. We always poke point like him recruiting Arizona. He brought us Mikey Keene from Arizona, so. I'll give him that. And Dylan Gabriel from Hawaii. (laughs) Like I said, my main issue with the hype now, we started with women's basketball. We're now on (laughs) hype recruiting strategy. This podcast in a nutshell. My issue with it was like, I am always, I always think that everyone should recruit nationally to an extent. And I think you should always be ready to supplement your recruiting with guys you like from anywhere in the country. That's the way of the world. When you are UCF <laughs> and you are in, in literally smack in the middle of the, one of the greatest talent hotbeds in all of the United States. Like, like why, why wouldn't you just recruit that as your pace? Like why? And especially now that UCF has been good long enough that there are a generation of kids right now who are committing, who were teenagers when UCF was winning the Fiesta Bowl and the yep. Peach Bowl and have grown up watching UCF. And you're like, yeah, but this kid in Utah, we really like him. I just, I've never, I just, ugh. anyway, anyway, now that we're on the topic of football, can I talk about the other reason I'm upset with the fans? Yes. And this is less an upset and more just like, I'd like to talk about it. Cause I think it's interesting. I like, I, I don't even know where this is going. Honestly, you'll know very quickly. Okay. I sometimes like, feel that I imprint the type of fan of UCF I am onto the general fan base. Like, I just kind of assume that the way I feel about stuff is the way other people do. Not with like takes, like, I know you guys don't agree with me. It's fine. But like, as far as like how much you care about stuff, like I really deeply care about like pretty much every UCF team. There are a couple, like the, the individual competition ones, I have a little hard time getting into sometimes, but like, I like, 
you I was texting you in the, like the Yukon game like I was like about to throw up and I finally just had to like go upstairs I, like I just I care so much about all these teams and part of Abe leaving it's it was the polar opposite of the people mad at her and, and this was a much larger group and it was the people who basically shrugged and were like it's the women's basketball team who cares and yeah. There was even kind of a sense of when uh, Brandon put out the salary information and B put out the salary information of people being like, well, why, you know, like, why would we do that? Like, if we have that money, why is that not going to football? And I don't know. I just find it interesting to talk about because I'm not saying that one is right or wrong. If you like, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not telling you like I'm a better UCF fan than you because I like these other teams. That's not the way fandom works. You know, some sports are more accessible than others. I get that. I really, really wish, as we say on every podcast, that more fans would pay attention to their sports. But I do just, I don't know, this thought that, like, if there's money for other sports, then it should just be in football. I just, I, I'm so, like, 100% against that notion. And I'm kind of curious, like, is that most of the fan base? Would most of the fan base rather UCF just not have anything but football and just See, give football you, more money? When you say that, I'm, it, it's, it is curiosity. And I think, like we just mentioned, a lot, like, there are certainly a good portion of our listeners that, are like us that pay attention to the other sports that are glad that UCF invests in the other sports. But if you, if you're listening and you're not like that and you're just more football only and like, yeah, you hope the other teams do well, but you don't really care, pay attention one way or the other. I'm actually curious. Like if you want to hit us on Twitter, just like, let us know like why that's the case. And I'm like, not going to get mad at you or anything. I just want to know, like, what is it? Is it just like, you just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious if there's reasons out there that people only only invest in football, only care about football. Maybe you're just only a football fan. You don't like any other sports, whatever it is. I'm curious to know if, if you're listening to this. And I'd really us. like to talk about it with some of you guys, because it's just so different from the way that I feel about stuff that I'm curious. how. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to act like I'm over here. Like, yes, I am as equally invested in UCF softball as I am in UCF football. Like my, like my, like happiness for the entire year is set by how UCF football does. Like football is always <laughs> king. I get that. But yeah. then at the same time, it's like I like I'm I've been loving the last few months of UCF sports. Softball's on a freaking roll right now, and it's been so fun. This women's basketball season was fun as hell and really special. UCF men's basketball for all those struggles, they beat an Elite Eight team earlier in the year, and even when that wasn't going well, it was still they a beat lot of two fun Sweet to Sixteen follow. teams, didn't they? I think so. It, man, that's all another Michigan podcast. and Miami. But yeah, but they couldn't beat Tulane and Tulsa, whole thing. But <laughs> it, like, you know, like I just, I have so much fun following all these sports. And like I said, I, I never was under the impression that most UCF fans are out here like streaming softball and ESPN plus or anything. But I just, this was more than that to me. Cause it wasn't just like fans who were like, oh, okay, that sucks women's basketball. Like there were fans that were a, like, why do we care about this? Like, why are you guys even upset? Who cares? That was something to me. And it was also the people who were legitimately like, hold on, why would, why are we giving money to this other sport? Like, why are we not, if, where, where is that all that money not going to football? And I'm just kind of like, what are we doing then? If that's your take, like, are we just like, let's just shut it all down. Let's just have a football, a football team. Only like, school. I, I, I don't know. I'm curious I, about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, cause it's, and that's the thing is like, I have to fool, like we've said it multiple times now, but like the full disclosure that like, we understand that not everyone is as like crazy as us. Like I would say like, it's kind of crazy the way, like the level that I care about each individual team and like the, the time that you and I both put into like going to games, watching them on TV. Like I, if there's the, if I'm just sitting at home and there's nothing going on and there's a UCF, like whether it's softball, baseball, whatever's going on, I'll throw it on the TV. Just I'm like I, UCF's playing. I, I care. That's like the thing like ESPN plus. Not everyone's I, like that. And I understand that. I just want to know, like if you're to the, to the extreme where it's like, I don't care about any other sports at all. Just give the money to football. 
or like I only pay attention to football. I'm just curious to know like why that's the case. And I'm talking about the extremes. Like I'm not yeah. like like I said, I'm not sitting here and being like, why aren't you guys like us? It's like, well, that's why we that's why we spent our entire college careers covering these teams and have a podcast discussing them because we're freaks. But like to me, like I always assumed it. Like I'm curious if it's similar, same to me, Bay. Like let's talk about like our audience base, like listeners to this podcast. I assumed it's people who are diehard football fans and more or less know what's going on in the world of the other sports. And if there's like a particularly big game in those sports might catch it, you know, yeah. that, 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 that was my like more or less. And that to me is different than this like group I'm seeing emerge on Twitter. That is literally like almost judgy that there are fans upset that women's basketball is probably going to be worse now. And yeah. I don't know, man, I just, it's like, I just, and I, I don't know. I just, like I said, it's just so different than how I feel. It's kind of, and it's kind of hurt me a little bit to see, like, I know that sounds childish, but I was just kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't want to think of UCF like that. Like, I think like I've kind of prided myself on the fact that UCF, as far as other teams seems to have a really high ratio of fans that are invested in the other sports. Someone yeah, tweeted about remember. that and reply to my tweet, like a few, like before this Abe thing happened about how like, cool it is that UCF fans are so behind all yeah. these teams and how Twitter explodes when the softball team sweeps USF. I mean, that's a huge thing. And, and UCF Twitter mafia. And I don't know, just kind of seeing how much for how much of the fan base, that's so not the case kind of made me sad, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we talked about it recently on the podcast. I think maybe it was around women's basketball or whatever it was. We talked about how it seems like in general, UCF fans are, I don't say more receptive or like more, just more interested, more like more passionate. And they, they look at the whole scope of things and not just football. And I don't know if you just heard that my ankle just cracked. I did, <laughs> I did hear that. Okay, that <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was, okay. um, yeah, but Bailey's yeah, it's just, bones. He loves the other UCF sports so much. Yeah. It's just, it's just a weird thing. I guess. And I understand, like, again, like I said, it's the same thing where, not everyone's going to turn on a softball game at on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. And it's just, that's fine. But to, to get to the point where you're like questioning other people's like interest in these in these programs or just like, why are we why are we putting so much resources towards this when it could be all for football? It's just a, it's just weird to me. It may it, like it, like it's little things that I'm looking back on now. Like I was so excited when UCF softball got this kick ass new locker room that uh, to, God, I've cursed twice now. I'm probably going to explode this episode. This is what happens <laughs> when I get off a plane, guys um like i thought it was so cool now i'm like were there fans who were like how dare they put money into softball like that could have been like just like a football facility like i don't know i just that doesn't make sense to me guys like i, I just don't I, I can't relate to that at all i frankly yeah. can't because the other thing is like you're all like oh money goes to football guys i think football's doing okay like yeah. i think they're doing fine they are the number one priority like across the board in athletics and like the idea that like i, I don't know like i just these people who are like I don't know. If they were having to source their pads from Mississippi State, I'd be like, okay, like maybe, yeah, <laughs> let's prioritize football some more and maybe the other sports take a back seat. But no, I mean, <laughs> the way everything is right now, and I don't think we have to spend too much more time on it. But yeah, it's it's almost insulting too to the players themselves and the coaches, the people who, you know, are out there, you know, day in and day out working as hard as they are while going to school and doing all this stuff. Like they're they're working so hard. They deserve they deserve they deserve to have resources they deserve to have you know nice uniforms nice locker rooms nice facilities like this stuff it, it's a bigger picture ucf athletics is ucf athletics not just ucf football and, and it should be a point of pride for alumni like yeah. it's fun watching ucf be so good in all of these sports i, mean, I like being able to say that ucf is, isn't just a football school it's an everything school i like that like little like just for i just it's a stupid thing i say sometimes but like i just think it's fun like, I like when UCF's doing well across the board. I mean, look at USF. They're bad at everything. Like, I, I just, <laughs> you know, like, I just, I always, like, 
And I guess it's just like I said, and I, I don't expect like, and I, like I said, I don't want to come away from this impression. I'm like, I can't believe you guys aren't spending your Saturdays watching the baseball softball doubleheader or something like that. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's just this group of fans that's a lot bigger than I realized that is just like, not only just here for football, but like, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like just upset at the notion that we would ever put a dime into anything else. Or why is anyone care that the women's basketball coach is gone? And to me, it's just kind of like, I don't get that. I, re- I don't get it. I, I, you know, I just, I don't, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just weird. Maybe we're this conversation weird. took us so many different directions. Oh, we this talked was, about, we've, we've we talked, talked about, about Terry Mahajer at like one point in this podcast. I remember. I think we should talk about him. Let's talk about him again now. Cause I think we should talk about what is next for UCF women's basketball. We do need to wrap up with that. Yeah. Before we end anything else, you're right. Yeah. So um, yeah, okay. this is, this is super interesting to me. I tweeted this actually, but um. I think I'm going to cough. Hold on. <laughs> Christian is coughing and he's on mute. And yeah, oh my gosh, he's having a fit. My goodness. He's going to take a sip of coffee. Down at some coffee. This, this should not stay in. Okay. What's up? Um, <clears throat> oh, I don't know what happened. I'll probably cut that. If not, congrats guys. You got to watch Bailey and watch me cough. I don't know um, why I just started narrating. Instead of talking about what's next for you, I started narrating what you were doing. You know, I was just like, I'll have to cut this, but your narrations were like making me laugh as I was coughing. So I'm like, <laughs> I might just leave that in. But um, also I'm lazy. But um, anyway, the, so this is interesting to me because I know that we've seen Terry hire Gus, obviously, which was a great hire. But as I tweeted, like Gus Plus on to UCF was a hire. Like that, that was a home run hire like any athletic director would have known to make. So that to me wasn't like a true Terry Mahajer hire. This is going to be the first one. So I am super, super interested how this goes because we don't really know anything about his process. We don't know how long it takes for these things. We don't know what type of candidates he's going to look for. His The pool of candidates he had at Arkansas State for any opening is so dramatically different than what you'll have here. I don't even think we can fall back on old ones to know. So I, like, I, I'm just really curious because I think it's going to kind of set the template for how are these situations going to look when UCF loses coaches. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to follow. And I would think I mean I don't know I guess with the season being over and they have he probably has time he has time to make the right hire but I know a lot of people are, are wanting him to quickly just like take one of Abe's assistants and you know promote them and guys that was never they, happening that was I mean, never a that that was never a discussion that was never a thing that was happening just for the record that so just to clear that I mean couldn't it still couldn't it still though if I mean if we're really happening. it's I'm okay. telling you I'm telling you <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's not happening um, okay that's the thing is so we're in we're in what we're two days as we're recording this we're what two days removed from her leaving and yeah i don't know i'm just curious like who's going to be a candidate who like how long is he going to want to take on this what i mean did, did they say anything i know he said it's a national search they're not like hiring it uh i know some places hire like a search committee they're not doing that right i don't that? know i'll be curious if they do i don't I think, think they, he just I, said I don't think they we're will, doing a national but... search I don't know if they even did for Gus. A lot of more schools are starting to hire those search committees, but frankly, I've never, I, I, the athletic had a really interesting like deep dive on those, like not search committees, those like search firms at one point. Yeah. And, like to me, it just felt like nine times out of 10, the search firm just delivers you the common sense candidates you would have known. I've never really hire. understood it. Cause like, are the, I mean, I don't know, I guess it, it'd be interesting to know what all goes into those firms, but like, are they going to know who the best fit for like your specific situation and your like setup is like, I don't know. I guess they have some of that information available to them, but like, part of it is like has to be your gut and i guess that that's why the search firm is only part of the equation but i don't know it's interesting how that works but yeah i don't know i don't know what he's gonna do and i don't know i think at that what point we'll find I, out <laughs> i think it is important in my personal opinion that he makes a move really quickly and i um so 
you know, guys, I'm just a total theory for me. I'm thinking that Abe's daughter probably not going to stay at UCF. <laughs> uh, just the thought on my, which is too bad because she was going to be a really good player. I think that in the new era of college of, of college athletics, the longer you wait is just an invitation for your current players to leave. And that yeah. includes Diamond Battles, who before the Abe News are planning to come back next year. We'll see if that's still the case. Like if you can keep what's left of the team together, then I think they have a chance to try to keep this momentum going with the right coach. If Battles ditches and everyone ditches, UCF, is, it, it's just a total program reset. And we're back to square one. And let me tell you, if you guys weren't paying attention six years ago, square one ain't pretty. That's so, the danger. That's the danger of the way college athletics are now. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's probably better off that way, but it, when you're in a situation like this, it doesn't feel that way. It's certainly you know I mean? better like, for I, I the players because yeah, it was never good, fair good, for the like, players to the, the yeah. coach that they signed up for leaves, but they're not allowed to. Right. But when but, you're the team or you're the program in this situation where a coach leaves and you're like, well, we have to do some damage control because we have to hurry up and get a coach that hopefully these players are going to want to like, but also, you know, is going to be good for the future and not just this current team. It's, it's an, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting balance to strike. And I have to say two things on that. One, if let's say the Diamond Battles transfers, which I have no, I don't know anything there. I have no idea. I think I, I, we'll see what she does. All I saw is I think she just congratulated her and was like, yeah, she could go pro probably too at this point if she wanted to. But if she, if she transfers, I don't want to see a word from any of you because I didn't see a word from any of you when Gus Malzahn rated Auburn for UCF's advantage. You know, it's like, yeah. that's the way of the world. And as, the other thing I want to say is this is going to be great. Like this is going to like cement this podcast as like the least popular among our listeners we've ever done. I want to give Josh Heupel some credit for a second. And uh, that was for when he left, when he took the Tennessee job, he made this, that was like right at the beginning of the portal and, or the, not the portal been around the beginning of not having to stay out of here if you transfer it. Yeah. He made this big deal of like, and I'm not taking any UCF players with me because like, you know, it's not the way I believe it. Do you remember this whole thing? Vaguely. He made a whole thing on it. And I was just kind of like, at this point that, that hadn't been happening like ever. So I was just kind of like, okay, congrats, loser. Like, okay, go to Tennessee. <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm like, now that we've watched so many coaches do that, like Billy Napier went to Florida and then picked his like eight favorite Louisiana players and was like, come on in. And now looking back, I'm like, you know, Josh, I appreciate you for that. I really do. So I was like, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I'll, I'll make this statement. Like, I don't think any of those players are really any good. I don't want to bring them to Tennessee. <laughs> and now we're like, well, good. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. That was great. I Which just, obviously wasn't, I obviously wasn't the obviously case. Obviously wasn't yeah, the no. case, but. <laughs> it's and, just and, funny to think that he like says this. He's like, watch, this is going to make me look so good, but I don't even want any of them anyway. Do you think like going back a few years, if, um, if you see, if the transfer portal and the no sitting out of here had been a thing when Frost left Nebraska, how many current UCF legends end up at Nebraska players? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we know of a few that came a lot closer to transferring than any of you realize, but yeah. <laughs> even with the one year. So I don't know. It's interesting, but. That to me is the, and first off, A, that's why I love they hired Gus. I'm like, yes, let's hire an old coach who doesn't want to go anywhere else. And for women's Fingers basketball, crossed. it is like, man, that, that's my one thing is I think that it's important to get the higher right. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think it's a great idea to spend three months on this. Like I know that it's right. like a window of time you can't, it, I, but yeah, I think that my just got to move quickly. I'm really curious who he goes for. Cause like I said, we just don't really know what his template is. At that's all. why it's funny. Cause like, I'm, we're talking as, as we go right now, and this is, we're recording this on Monday um and by the time we talk next week he, he could have hired someone i hope he does i hope he has i hope he hopefully has. i mean yeah that would be about a week and a half after she left and so, just yeah, to I mean, lament we'll what could have been i like i've said it on past podcasts i said that i felt UCF women's basketball is the closest ucf program to being able to truly compete for a national championship i think that if a had stayed and taken the ultimatum deal for some reason 
and all like battles to come back like, next year. They wouldn't have been as good as they would this year, but I truly think that five to 10 years from now, I think UCF women's basketball could have been a big freaking deal. I think they could have gotten fans to games. Fans were finally after six years showing real interest at the end of the season. I think in the big 12, they could have been a tournament team every year. I think they could have made deep runs. Like I think this program could have become well, we went really, to the game really where they, special where they won the regular season championship. And that was a solid crowd. It, it was a like real rate, but like for, for like what compare comparatively, like I know in the past I covered some games when I was a student there and there would be no one there. And so this is that, why like, I don't, when people get mad at Abe, it's like, I got, I've said this before. The second sport I ever covered was UCF women's basketball for a now defunct publication, which came at, after the fu- central Florida future. I, uh, I, my job was, I was their beat writer for women's basketball. So I covered every game. And it would be like, it, it, they were fun, you know, even then it was the same, it was Abe, I think it was Abe's very first season. And it was like, it was yeah. when they had like a Leah Gregory and were like, like really, really good and just amazing defense. And they would play in front of like, and I'm not exaggerating, maybe like 50 fans and those 50 fans. And then at the end of game, every single game, it would go grab a megaphone and go tell the 50 fans. Thank you so much all for coming. Can you guys please come out again? We're here's our next home game bring your friends, bring your family. Like, please, we love having us here. And she had to do that every home game. The crowd just never was more than 50 to hundred people. And so that's when it's like, when everyone's like, how could she leave? It's like, well, stuff like that is how she, that's how she could have It's left. your fault. <laughs> and it's not like every program is like, it's getting 5,000 fans for women's basketball games and it's just UCF. But like after six years of sustained success, it sucks that it, like it took six years and their best season in history to get a couple thousand people in there. That that yeah. upset me, but I think I think if she'd stayed, I think that God, I really think they could have done that regularly. Yeah, well, we spent a lot more time on this than I thought we would. Yeah, the, I've been coming alive from the coffee as this has been going on. I've been, this has been, been a heck of a podcast for me. If I offended any of you, like during this, you don't with care. like my takes, like oh, I I do and I don't, <laughs> depending on what I offended you with. Like if it's certain things, I definitely care. I definitely don't care. That's like if, like if you're like, how dare you call me out for not caring about anything except football, even a little bit. We should shut down the women's basketball program and hand them away to football. You're right. I didn't care about offending you. <laughs> Go listen to some other podcast. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> with that, let's jump into some of the football news that we have real quick. Um, UCF's first spring scrimmage uh, was postponed. It was supposed to be on Saturday. It was postponed due to um, Christy Malzahn's dad passed away at the age of 75. So, of course, uh, Gus went away. To, to be with his family for the weekend. I think he, he was off on Thursday. And then um, I don't know for sure if he's back. I know that, that the scrimmage will now be held on Tuesday. So I would assume he's back by now as we're talking. And I just got to um, say, I like that family, man. So, much, going through uh, so many prayers out to their family. I just, I feel so bad every time I read these. I mean, they're just, it's like, they just can't catch a break. It's horrible. It's been, I mean, what we say six, like the last six months or so they've, it's just something like thing after thing is popping up for them. And it's just, it's oh. when you trace it back. I mean, what it was like. I mean, I, Jason Beatty had a story where broke it on in because remember their daughter ended up hospitalized after giving birth. Then Gus yeah. broke broke his leg in the middle of the season. I then didn't the, consider that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then then the terrifying Christy Malzahn situation, which that article that Mike Bianchi wrote. I mean, it literally sounded like they were afraid they were going to lose her. I mean, I and now this, yeah. it's like I just, I just, man, I just, I whether you you know whether you're a thoughts guy or a prayers guy, like just to that family. I mean, um, it's, I just feel I just feel so bad for them. I mean, yeah. It's really horrible. Um, UCF hired, I missed this last week, UCF hired Sean Becton Jr. as its assistant director of sports performance. Um, so bringing him into the fold. I read that cool. as Sean Becton for like yeah, the I did first, first, for like the the first 15 minutes I'd known that. <laughs> then I saw the picture and I was like, he doesn't look like that. And I was like, oh, it says junior. 
Um, this was kind of cool over the weekend. Garth Brooks and Latavius Murray were at UCF talking to some of the student athletes with uh, Garth Brooks Foundation because he had a concert, I guess, uh, in, in Orlando on Saturday. Um, and then a couple pieces of NFL news with uh, UCF ties. Traquan Smith is staying with the New Orleans Saints on a two-year deal. And I think I missed this, uh, missed saying this last week, but Mike Hughes signed a one-year deal with the Lions. So, man, Traquan, I'm waiting for Traquan. And it sucks that he plays for the Saints as a rival of the Bucks, But, like, I just am waiting for him to pop off because at UCF, we were like, he's going to be like, he's an NFL receiver in college right now. And he's had his moments. And he's had some actually great moments with Drew Brees. But, like, we haven't seen, like, a breakout season for him. And I think, like... I, I expect really cool your take that. though still wanting that because we'll, we have a friend who will remain nameless who um, <laughs> when a UCF player that he or she really liked was drafted by a rival of her or his team, um, like had a absolute meltdown and was like, I can't believe like, like kind of like, how could the player have done this? Even though was was thing, like, I got really drafted. like, I got mad, like in the moment and it wasn't like a real anger real like being heated it was just like oh come on Traquan it was during the playoff game when the Bucks played the Saints and he caught a touchdown it's like a 75 yard touchdown on a trick play from Jameis and I think he caught he might have caught two touchdowns in that game I literally tweeted I was like Traquan go away <laughs> I'm like not now do this against any other team you know I know it'll have whatever it's like residual impacts on like the division whatever I don't care as much about that just don't do this to the Bucks I just don't like it but yeah no he's I think I think he's he's right there right I mean he's know we'll see it's kind of something it's kind of something that let's just extend this podcast as long as possible it's kind of something to me that like gabe davis caught on a lot faster than traquan did and no disrespect to gabe davis whatsoever but that like because traquan had the more like traditional nfl build to me so i thought it would be an easier transition but damn i mean gabe's like gabe excited to watch him this year gabe has to be like so excited if he can have a, a season like if he can build off of what he's done so far the the wide receiver money that's going around right now he's got to be like just he's still a couple years away from his next contract though i think that he's if like, you wait, there so should be a, what two this so two more years probably i think he's got two more seasons okay. i think that if you ever set a major nfl record you should be immediately allowed to sign a new contract honestly though he should they should and if they're smart they'll work on an extension before he even gets to being a free agent so maybe he's not so I, was about to ask, probably, I don't know how the the because like i know in the nba yeah. like you can't just like decide to do an extension whenever you want but i think in football you oh, can really? right I didn't even yeah know that. But yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's after. So, I mean, if, if he has a good season this year, I would imagine before he hits free agency next year, the Bills are going to be like, let's get this done now. We want to extend your contract. And I'd expect that. I mean, clearly, you know, he's a weapon for them. Clearly, yeah. the quarterback's looking for him now. I mean, I think he could have a really big year. So, yeah. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to follow. Um, Josh Allen's their quarterback, right? Yeah. Okay. Guys, I'm a fringe, I'm a fringe NFL fan. Josh Allen love, is Wyoming quarterback to me. But I um, love Josh Allen. Yeah. Who um, doesn't? The okay, so game of the week. I, I cheated here, but this is my segment, so I'm allowed to. Uh, I'm just gonna say it's the whole <laughs> week, the whole week for number 20 UCF softball, who's now 29 and 7 and 3 and 0 in the AAC. I put ACC because my phone probably autocorrected it. Uh, 3 and 0 in the AAC after sweeping South Florida over the weekend. So this week they play Wednesday at number seven, Florida, uh, who's 27 and 5 and 5 and 4 in the SEC. Then they have this weird weekend series against number five, Virginia Tech who's 25 and three and 11 and 0 in the ACC. They're double, like they start the series on Sunday with a double header and then they play the third game of it on Monday night. That is weird. I don't but understand it. I'm kind of down. I for also it. don't understand why they're playing this Virginia tech series, like just after starting conference play. Yeah, I know that is weird, but so they, it's, I mean, strange, it's odd, but no, it's a huge opportunity. Obviously they're, they're in the position right now. They're 29 and seven. What is it? 18 or 19. They've won in a row. Now I've lost 
miles track. I think they're 18 right now, which is it's been it's been an insane run. And they really like going in. I I made it my my game of the week last week was a softball series with South Florida because South Florida was coming into that series like playing really really well, had the top pitcher in the country, and UCF just swept the floor with them or wiped the floor with them on their way to a sweep. So I mean, yeah, it's been a heck of a season so far, and we'll love to see that keep going. But with that. We'll jump over to your tweet of the week. And I know there's probably a lot to get through here. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week is more than one tweet, really just everything that the USF softball account felt that they should tweet over the last, over this series. If you guys haven't kept and, up with this on Twitter like, and not tweet, I, uh, I respect whoever runs that account for trying to be funny. They failed. And I'll start with the first tweet, which they, which was this before the series started. Great day for a hashtag war on I4 dub against the we're near Orlando black Knights. And first off, love the geography joke from South Florida. That like, <laughs> like great, great decision on that one. And so they're kind of running joke through the weekend was they kept doing stupid stuff like calling UCFC or like, has that, let me ask you, Bailey, as UCF or Central, has that stuff ever bothered you when it comes from here? It's just stuff? dumb. <laughs> like, I know they think the C one is really like, they're like, oh, we're calling you C. And I'm like, I, I don't like, okay, but. It's just very, very dumb. So not to get like kind of serious, but then part of the reason that's tweet of the week is because a USF softball, then when things got bad, that account, they felt the best thing to do was to just stop tweeting entirely. Like they would just go like two hours without tweeting, which was like, I texted I don't you know. at one point, I think on, on Saturday and I was like, uh, USF hasn't tweeted in like an hour and a half. And you're like, Oh God. And then it happened again in yeah. the next game. They went away for like 55 minutes. And at first off, this is all goes back to when tweet of the week from a few weeks ago and UCF tweeted that they were like three and zero in the Big Twelve because they'd beaten three Big Twelve teams, and USF was like, "Well, look at the AAC standings when neither of them had played a game." It was like their so, overall record was like a game better, and they'd played like a game or two more. I've asked USF, and they were they, both zero and zero. Hasn't happened yet. Um, but anyway, so then UCF posted what I thought was a really fun video, where it was a video of one of the uh, USF softball players saying, "Come out this weekend and watch us whoop you, you UCF or whoop on UCF or something like that." Yeah. And the UCF video was just that, and then it cut the highlights of UCF winning, and that somehow turned into like. I don't even know. Like, it I don't want to go too deep thing. into this because I will get myself in trouble. Yeah, but let's not. But a bunch goodness. of USF fans were like, "You oh, so you the official UCF fan is now attacking student athletes? Yeah, like targeting student athletes. Like they targeted her. And I'm like, one, first of all, like, not also, I just I'm tired of this whole thing where it's like, like they're like players are off limits. Like, sure, okay, to an extent, like we don't want you to get in. Like, you don't tweet at players and like get mad at them. But I'm just saying, like, in, in this case, like. They took a UCF, like the USF official account, posted this video where she could have just said, like, it was very clearly meant to be trash talk. Like, she could have just said, they're giving out these towels. We're giving out these towels. Come watch us take on UCF. She said the words. I don't know if they were her words. I'm assuming they were probably more like. I'm sure they were words handed to her. I don't yeah. think she just decided to say that, but. Say whoop up on UCF. And then. I think it's fair game. That's bulletin board. That's what they call bulletin board material. I also, let's be clear. Fair. It's not like UCF posted the video and was like, ha ha, idiot, or something and like then, that. Yeah, then it's like, they you're, just you're, posted you're dumb, the video. and then tag her. Exactly yeah. as it was, and then showed highlights from the game. And for that to and turn into some, then like, Homer Simpson, the Homer Simpson thing. thing. And yeah, it's just, I'm tired of the thing, too, where it's like, oh, like, she's just a kid. Like, she's like 24, 25 years old. Like, she's like her fourth or fifth year in college right now. At what point do you stop being a kid? Look, I don't think you should attack student athletes. No, you should call out student athletes. No, that wasn't what that was. It no, was just wasn't. a video. It was a video like, they posted. I just keep seeing like USF fans are all like, I can't believe you. Like they've stooped to attacking kids, and I'm like, first of all, that's not what they're doing. Second of all, it's not. It's not like they're a 12 year old child. Like at some point, like I can't. I can't even imagine that she's even bothered by it. 
Because it wasn't even about her. And it no, didn't it wasn't. shed her in a bad light. Just her saying, let's whoop on UCF and then show the scores. It, like, she's I, one of I, the best pitchers in the country. I doubt she cares about... I think about she's okay. Like, I, I think, think she'll fine. be all right. It just wasn't even directed guys... at her. And then for yeah. the USF folks to be like, well, how dare you? It's like, you know, like, talk with your own. If like, if you put a player on camera and handed them a script that says whoop on your rival, it's like you, you put them in the game. Like you can't, and then you can't be like, how dare you mention? Like, I just, especially when that account all weekend had been like, ha 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 black knights and like i don't know i just all this weird really bad trash talk i just was i was of all the things i've seen become a thing that one caught me off guard i can't I, believe it came it's become like this big thing where like you usf fans are like oh i can't wait till like we have to stop playing like i'm tired of just how toxic that fan base is and i'm like it's just trash talk man it's just it's nothing serious like do you think what it on. comes down to is as we get closer to the big 12 thing really happening like i feel like with each game it's like really counting down games left between these programs i'm serious and like i think yeah. that it's like usf fans it's get, it's a little more desperation because the losses are stinging more and more because even when ucf was at their worst in all these sports like that like 2013 to 15 era where every team was bad when they'd first come to the AAC. like there was always the sense of god it sucks usf is better but we'll get them next time we can rebuild for usf it's like this is it we're about to not play them anymore so like if we don't beat them now it's not happening yeah and one more tweet i want to throw out there before we get out of here um i want to shout out this guy uh clearly a georgia fan is talking about um he said first so imagine him saying or it, it started with him saying imagine ucf level defense with blue chip players yikes and then Stephen Leonard replies and says, UCF women's basketball are mostly blue chip players. Most of the roster is like four-star level yep. with a five-star guard and Alicia Lewis. He replies, it's still going to be a different thing when recruiting to Georgia. It's a big-time school with a campus, graduate programs, <laughs> et cetera. Sure, Florida is a nice place, but UCF is a middling institution. No offense intended. There's a lot to break down here. One, I think it's the fact that he thinks Georgia being a big time school is because they have a campus and a grad and graduate programs. Like that's, that's the, that's the prerequisite to be a big time program. And then the fact that he goes, UCF is a middling institution, no offense intended. Like, okay. Yeah. He, he didn't mean any offense by it. So I just, man, I just, play. I wish UCF had a campus. My college experience would have been so different. I just it's funny, I you know. reply to that just being dumb. Like I normally am on Twitter. I just said breaking UCF doesn't have a campus or graduate programs. And I had a bunch of people replying and they were like, where did I get my degree from? Like, where, where did I spend the last four years? Like just stuff like that. And I throw in one um, more tweet. Can, yeah, can we just do. extend this forever? So uh, Brad Anderson, UCF's the director of equipment. I don't know if anyone just knows this is he's, this is a good tweet. This isn't like a tweet of the week tweet. He's yeah. been doing like, th this is like my favorite thing, like UCF equipment trivia, like once a week now. <laughs> and I am loving it guys. It is so fun. Today's trivia was they broke down that. So this, I thought was interesting. So UCF's going to have four styles of helmets available for the team this year. As far as the players are wearing, you've got the speed flex, Speed Classic, the Axion, which is the new one, and the F7. I don't know. All right, so we're going to get, like, really football talk. I don't know if I mentioned this before. I hate the F7 with all my heart. Like, it is a horrible-looking helmet. Horrible. Any team with, like, a stripe, traditional or not, just looks awful on that helmet. So I just want to say my favorite news is that the trivia answer today, 83% of UCF's roster this year is wearing the Speed Flex, which is, I think is the best-looking helmet available out there right now. I know there's all, like, safety features and blah, 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 but, like, I just I'm just going – purely aesthetic that's my favorite yeah. one so really happy that's the case sorry i had to throw it out there any any f7 <laughs> helmet fans listening to this you guys are wrong that's an awful looking helmet when he posted when he posted that today and i read it i was like is there anyone that's going to know the answer to this i was like i, I was like of all people i don't even think christian's going to know the answer to this like i didn't even come close i was, I was like, way I short think, I, I guess i guess um i guess because he asked how many players do we think were the speed flex and i i guessed 47 and the answer was 79 which it's just funny because like normally like trivia is like but you somebody will get the question right usually i thought but like with that one it's just like 
here's this random obscure thing take a guess it's like well, guessing how many m&ms are in a jar exactly and <laughs> what i'm curious about though is that they're the axioms there now and i know that bowser's wearing it that's the newest you've one. lost you've lost everyone right now i think if any of you care about this like hit me up on twitter i can have long conversations about this stuff we know that bowser's wearing so this one's weird so there's no there's no top bar on the face mask for the axiom which it looks really weird to me it's a built-in visor to every helmet there's also like this weird like open shell on the sides i still am not really sure where you're supposed to put like the ucf logo i'm curious how that will come together but i don't love that bowser's wearing it because he's such a like notable player because i'm not sure how i feel about this helmet so that would be one of the things i to watch this season is will the axiom be accepted by college football will this helmet be accepted so there you go that's as important as the women's basketball search to some of you so i mean maybe you'll find that interesting but yeah, there we go. Nice little uniform slash, not even uniforms, just like equipment tangent to end the podcast. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what to say from there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I think Speed Classic is my favorite football helmet of all time. I missed I the day. That was the helmet Milton wore here. That was a great helmet. I was back just in the nodding day. along to everything you were saying as if I was like actually paying attention. <laughs> I can't Guys, tell you what you this just stuff matter. Like, I'm sorry, the F7 in particular is just I can't get over how you know, bad it's, that it's, helmet the looks. funny thing is, like, I agree with you. Like, I whenever I see that helmet, I don't like it. I like if it weren't for you, I wouldn't know the name of it for one. And two, like, I don't know. I just I'm like, yeah, I don't like it, and that's it. Like, I have a trivia for you. Do you know who the first college football team in the country was to wear an F7 helmet ever? Louisville, because they're dumb and I don't like them. USF. Oh my gosh. All the reason in the world to not like the F7. (laughs) My reasoning fits. I just got the team wrong. There you go. I guess we should end it because I'm just going to keep talking about helmets. Let's not not do any more of that. We'll we'll have more of that in the future. 3D bumpers are awesome, guys. Okay, those are are cool. cool. I did did like that. Um, But yeah, we'll get out of here now and get out of your hair, I guess, at this point. If you're still listening, you're just the best listeners ever. I can't imagine. There's If you're still listening at this point, which we should tell them to tweet us something like what, what word should they tweet them? Because it'll be the true test. All right, guys, if you're still listening, I want you to, as soon as you're done listening, tweet at me, your favorite helmet, okay. speed flex F seven speed, classic axiom. Those oh, are I options. Thought you meant like, okay. All right. No, 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 no. I want like type of helmet. Like, okay. I, so if you're still listening at this point, I want you to tweet it at me. And if you're still listening at this point, tweet at me and say, um, Oh, wow. I didn't have anything in mind. Balloon. Just tweet me a balloon emoji. Just tweet we'll me a balloon test. emoji. I like how yeah. I have a program that can tell me who was still listening at this point. Like how many it's gonna people be no listen. One. There's no way, one. So. It's gone. It's over. But we'll be back next week with episode 67 with something to talk about. It'll probably devolve into talking about Josh Heupel's recruiting strategies again. <laughs> um, but until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.